0: McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the best ever Big Mac burger. Take it away, Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. He said, there's more special sauce in every bite. Rubble, rubble. He said, rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble indeed, my friend. Try
1: the juicier Big Mac and get 20% off any purchase of $10 or more. Only on the app. Comparison to prior classic burgers, limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid once per day. Excludes tax. Must be opted into rewards. Hey guys, and welcome to another Fireborn Generations. I'm Jared Lasky, and I've got my friend Levi. We've been doing this every week, the last couple weeks, having great conversations. So Levi, uh, blessings to you, man. How was your 4th of July?
2: It was great. It was really good. I got to hang out with my girlfriend for a while. There was a carnival. I spent a lot of money on a stuffed animal, but it was fun.
1: Awesome. Well, I I think everybody loves carnivals. This is a season for fairs, carnivals, circuses, and stuff like that. So I want to encourage everybody to enjoy the sun while it lasts, depending on where you're at in the world. You know, just enjoy it. I I love the summertime, honestly. But, man, we've been having some very great discussions right here on Fireborn Generations. I've been dropping these episodes in my Adventures in the Spirit, and Levi's been dropping it in the In God We Trust with Levi podcast. I hope that people have found those insightful and biblical encouraging as well so check out episodes one two and three on in god we trust or on adventures in the spirit but we've got a lot of recent developments right now in the news the 4th of July weekend is a time to celebrate, but there was a shooting, tragic incident that we're all praying for, for everybody involved, victims, their families, everybody in Highland Park. But Levi, I was curious if, if you got questions about the, these current events that we're seeing right now as it's being discussed, it's brought some debates back into the headlines, some of those various things that we could probably try to address today. I'm
2: just now hearing about this shooting. I I might have heard about it. I'm not sure if it was the right thing, though, but I'd like to hear from you what you have to say about it.
1: Well, it's a very tragic situation. The unfortunate part that I think is, you know, I'm praying for the victims. I'm praying for the families, everybody involved, the legal authorities uh, wanting people to use wisdom in this time. The unfortunate thing is the, the media narrative, I think, is skewed. They only want one side of the narrative when we need to know all the facts. I think I'm speaking for a, a lot of people is that we just want the facts. We don't want the spin. We don't want, we we want to be involved. We, we want to pray. We want to help uh, the best way that we possibly can. And, you know, I condemn these things. I condemn the attacks. I, I condemn the situation. Uh, mental health issues need to be addressed. You know, people, people need to, more and more people need to, if someone's, being called to counsel i commend you be a counselor be a psychiatrist be a psychologist help people if you're a christian bring christ in the equation you know more people need to hear the gospel of jesus but the media narrative is you know they're not giving us everything you know we need to look more into the facts into the situation taking place into into the the history there's a lot of he said she said there's some politicizing on this stuff i think it's very sad and tragic that on the fourth of july when we're celebrating 246 years of the united states of america's independence you know that this thing take took place you know and people need to feel safe at parades people need to feel safe at carnivals and anywhere and everywhere and we live in a day and age where people have ulterior motives. They've got pure evil, just pure evil. I don't know what their influences are, but more people need to hear the gospel. And I think the gospel is the hope in Christ. Salvation is what everybody needs right now. And so we as Christians need to continue to pray into this situation, pray for our leaders, pray for everybody involved, and let them know that we are here to listen to them, to their stories, and to learn from this
2: yeah that's very true i think that people should really be informed with that and um it, it definitely changed my thought when i just realized that uh god has everything under control it kind of calmed me down i feel like so i think that's something that uh is, should be heard around the world but i have a question kind of jumping into a different topic if that's all right yeah what's the topic kind of on if someone would say what like Jesus never said that he was God. Like he never like came out and said, "I am God, worship me." This is something that I said, that that I heard on like YouTube or something. And um, I just want to know like where you would point at or have to say about that someone saying that to you.
1: Well, I'm not sure who you're who you're watching on YouTube about this because Jesus fulfilled more than 300 some prophecies about the coming Messiah, and in the Old Testament it even says his name will be. i think it's isaiah right now i can't pinpoint the chapter but it's very very common verse we all hear it around christmas time in the prophet isaiah it talks about he will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father and prince of peace so mighty god and everlasting father Fulfilled in Christ Jesus when He incarnated, when He was born in this world and became a human—one hundred percent God, one hundred percent man. So He fulfilled that prophecy along with three hundred somewhat other prophecies from the Old Testament. But in the Gospel of John, we see the series of references called "I," where He Jesus says, "I am, I am." Whenever you see that in our English, it doesn't really capture the the. the Greek or the Hebrew or the Aramaic that the the New Testament was written and most of the New Testament was written in Koine Greek which means common language which was the business language uh, of the day so in order to do business you needed to know Koine Greek you might speak in Hebrew have Aramaic so you, you were speaking three languages in Jesus day and so Jesus had a series of discourses we see that in the Gospel of John where he says I am the the pharisees the sadducees the religious leaders understood what he meant when he said i am the door i am the way i am the truth you know jesus said i am correlating that with the i am in exodus where god spoke to moses through the burning bush if anybody ever said i am when when god commissioned moses at the burning bush he said tell them i am sent you so in the new testament the religious leaders didn't want anybody to say i am but when jesus said i am that was one of their main reasons why they wanted to crucify him why they wanted to put him on trial illegally because he's saying i am basically saying i am god so jesus is god jesus is god in the flesh and and that kind of brings up the whole trinity how can jesus be god and the holy spirit the spirit is the spirit of jesus You know it's one god in three persons you know there's that that hymn you know god in three persons blessed trinity you know uh the the old hymns that i grew up on have spiritual truth scriptural insight so jesus said i am god and it shows where he is worshiped in the new testament after he died on the cross rose from the dead and right before he ascended into heaven he received worship and we know that only god can be worshiped so jesus received worship right before he ascended into heaven uh, we see that in the gospels we even see in book of revelation with the apostle john was on the isle of patmos around uh oh, 58 59 60 a.d about the time i think a lot of theologians may get that wrong but it was an early written earlier 58 59 60 a.d about the time the book of revelation was given and john was a had this supernatural revelation, but he was about to worship this angel. And and the angel said, no, <laughs> I'm a created being. Worship God. Worship Jesus only. So I hope that that you know, brings some insight. So we see Jesus, the I am statements. We see Jesus receiving worship. We see the fulfillments of prophecy in Jesus alone. So Jesus is God and can be worshiped as God.
2: Okay. So if someone were to say some, that to you, you could say... By Jesus saying, I am, the Pharisees and the chief priests at the time knew that he was saying that he is God, and that is why they wanted to crucify him.
1: Yeah, that was one of the main reasons why. And also because he was taking their popularity away. These were corrupt religious leaders. And there's evidence that these Pharisees, Sadducees, were, Jesus had told them that they are the the children of the devil and they're they're like we're the children of Abraham there's this whole thing back and forth but Jesus is basically exposing how they were practicing witchcraft and there's biblical evidence to this this is something you may not learn in Bible college it took some time in seminary to understand his through history that the religious leaders of Jesus day were it's kind of like a part of a secret club secret group if you will a sect so they would teach the Bible, the Torah. they would memorized large portions of it. Uh, high up leaders would put one foot in the Torah, one foot into what we know of today as Kabbalah, which is Jewish witchcraft. It's not the modern day form of Kabbalah that, that some of us know, like some pop stars are involved in. But modern day Kabbalah has roots in the Gnostic stuff, the heretical stuff, in witchcraft, in occultism as well so when we see Jesus even saying you know you're the children of the devil he's basically exposing them how they're not serving the one true God and their whole system was corrupted at that point which is why Jesus had to clean house he had to take put together a whip of the money exchangers the people selling on the temple courts people look at that and be like well Jesus was righteous in this well there was more to it the religious leaders were getting a huge cut for that and that's not the same as uh, say monetizing podcast Or selling books or selling e-courses or any of those things because people need overhead people need to make a living all those people need to make a living this was totally different it was a corrupt system where the religious leaders were getting a huge cut and exploiting the poor and the people coming in to buy at inflated rates the sacrificial lambs the doves the you know the pigeons the cows all those things so that kind of changes everything when when we kind of realize oh it's not just these things were for a purpose that Jesus did.
2: Yeah, that's good. So this this is kind of related to this question because the person that uh, asked that question about where did Jesus say I am God, he was a Muslim. So mm-hmm. do the Muslims... I, I was talking to one on the bus. Uh, if you're listening right now, I, I'm kind of going to bring up a, a small topic, but he was talking about how Jesus was a prophet for them, but they didn't believe that He died on the cross. Could you explain a little bit more on that, or do you know much about like their beliefs on Jesus?:
1: Well, I, I know just a little bit of, a little bit of it in order to have a conversation with them. So they do believe that Jesus came. They believe that Jesus was was a prophet. And I I bless people of all religions. I just pray in Jesus' name that their eyes are open to Jesus. Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life to heaven. Uh, So people need to come to Christ. And from what I know is the Quran shows that Jesus was a prophet. And it it shares some of the stories that we have in the Bible uh, about Christ himself. Don't quote me on this one. They believe that maybe someone else stood in his place for the cross, which that would take the whole reason why he came out of the equation. We know as Christians, Jesus is the truth and that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, make us sons and daughters, to walk in the dominion, to be his followers, his disciples, share his love with people all, all around the world. But what's interesting is that we can have conversations with them and encourage them to check it out more, to study more of it. to. Pers- you know, give them a New New Testament. I was on a train in India a number of years ago, and I had a pocket New Testament, a Gideon's Bible a New Testament that this Muslim guy uh, was interested in, and I I gave it to him. He read that on the train ride. We're going from Madras to uh, Calcutta, and uh, he read the whole thing through, and he knew it was wisdom. So I gave him the Bible. I told him he can keep it. I couldn't, you know, I'd even given the invitation for him to commit his life to Jesus. He wasn't ready in that moment, but I know that God planted seeds in that time. God plants the seeds. He brings the harvest. So uh, wherever that guy is in the world, I, I hope today he knows Jesus through that conversation and through that pocket New Testament. But get people curious about it. If you're having a conversation with someone of another religion, you can start talking to them about what uh, they, they see and what, you know, say the Quran, it talks about Jesus. Well, encourage them. To read the new testament one of the things though is that there are cults out there that exist so there are groups out there like say the mormons they've added two and they've got multiple books and and they're those things that that they published that stuff is wrong i don't want to get into too many of those details you know but we want to encourage people to read the new testament for themselves and bless them in jesus name give them an opportunity to come to jesus or even to encounter him in that situation whether it's through a power encounter through prayer through a physical healing whatever it is a word of knowledge you know encourage them i know that when we have added a supernatural element by the power of the holy spirit when we pray over them they'll know that god did something that they can't deny the power of the holy spirit whether they felt him flow through their bodies where, where you know, I've prayed over people and they felt deep love upon, themso- upon themselves. And you know, I just point them to Jesus and continue to encourage them.
0: Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the great commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit-Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the Scripture, but also what He is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the Scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-empowered journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I was trying to do at the time. But back to what you didn't want me to quote you on. Here is what he said about okay. that. Yeah, yeah. He said that um, the night that Jesus was betrayed, that was when Judas betrayed him for the 30 silver coins. Mm-hmm. And they believe that when the guards came up and said, are you Jesus? And he said, um, yes. Uh, and then, at that moment Judas and Jesus they swapped faces so it was actually Judas that was on the cross and Jesus was in Judas's place and that was the night that he ascended into heaven and that is what they believe that's what he said to me so that's just um i don't know maybe if if that's what you had in mind
1: well but... yeah i think i think i was going to say i think they Thought that maybe it was Judas that took his place, but that would nullify the substitutionary death of Christ on the cross. And that's an easy out for people to not accept Jesus' substitution and his atonement for our sins, our sicknesses, our diseases on the cross, because by his stripes we are healed. And so, other religions, other faiths try to minimize Christ Jesus. And if they can't minimize him, they'll make him equal to everybody else. But in Christianity, we're the only religion if you will and i'm using that that term loosely cuz it's a relationship but as an organized system of beliefs around the world we're the only faith that has an empty tomb you know when buddha died he said he still doesn't know the truth you could quote me on that <laughs> you know when confucius said these things other people religious leaders would say they don't know the truth they're searching for it right Christianity, we have an empty tomb. Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, is sitting at the right hand of God. And other faiths will try to minimize him, uh, make him lesser than God, you know, because that's an easy out. Or they'll try to make him equal to everything else and just absorb him with millions of other false gods, gods with a little G. Or people will try to be atheists or agnostics. And uh, those are the people, you know, continue to love them. I just saw today it was, or yesterday, the co-founder of the South African Satanic Church came to Jesus. He's got like this viral video that's like 35 minutes. Now he's a baby Christian, okay, but he had a supernatural encounter with Jesus because he he felt loved. He had this interview on a radio channel trying to recruit people for the South African Satanic Church, and the host or someone working for the radio gave him a big hug, and he felt, nothing but unconditional love weeks later he finds out that that radio host is a christian through social media and and then he's like well only christians have given me this kind of love and he he talks about how he's broken and hurt and all these other things and how a lot of people who are broken and hurt join these satanic uh, churches and modern day satanism some some of them worship satan directly some of them believe that they are their own higher power so it's like a metaphor for them so satan is the metaphor and all those things so there's differences of opinion or view value systems or belief systems in that group of people but this guy this gentleman i i forget his name but it's it's on facebook today yesterday went viral on twitter those kinds of things you know he eventually was doing a ceremony some ritual in order to gain more power by himself and Jesus came to him and he felt that unconditional love that he'd felt when that lady gave him a hug. So love won him over and God is love and God revealed that love to him and he came to Christ. He's renounced his membership and everything with the Satanic Church of South Africa. Again, um, I haven't watched the video. There may be some crazy wild ideas on that, but I bless what God is doing in his life, what the Holy Spirit is doing in him. Maybe his vocabulary terminal, terminology will change as he gets discipled because Jesus commissioned us to make disciples of all nations. And so people who come to Christ need to be discipled, uh, which will help them stay solid on the word in relationship with God and also know which, you know, cults and groups out there and those things are wrong so that they could discern the truth so i bless what god's doing in that gentleman's life that's powerful and we're going to see more situations like that coming in the days ahead so this is these are some exciting days that we're living in
2: yeah that that's great it's a cool story wouldn't someone who like worships satan wouldn't they like kind of have to believe in god like if they're worshiping satan like How do they not believe that there's a God, you know, or do they just do it like out of like anger towards God? Is that kind of what it is or?
1: Well, I think it depends on the person, their life circumstances, what they've been through, what they've experienced, uh, maybe how they've been raised, a number of factors. And uh, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything. So but like this gentleman said, a lot of them are broken, that they've been hurt. But because of their I haven't read their literature. I I don't plan on it. Again, most of them see Satan as a metaphor. They believe that they are their own higher power. And they do these black masses and crazy ceremonies and rituals and things like that as a slap in the face of life circumstances, maybe even slapping God in the face. I don't know if they actually accept that God is real. You know, Some do, and they're just in blatant rebellion. And rebellion, the Bible says, is as witchcraft. So any type of rebellion. If we're rebelling against what God has mandated, we're in witchcraft, right? That's the basic interpretation of that scripture. If we're rebelling against God, we're it's is as the sin of witchcraft. And there are some people that worship Satan directly. Uh, there are, you know, and maybe they're just doing it in, to spite God whatever had taken place in their life Uh, but there's grace there's love for them they can give their lives to Jesus they can encounter him enter into relationship with him like everybody else you know Jesus died on the cross for them as well and uh, we need to be loving everybody you know that's what the world needs right now is God's love through us be positive be encouraging be walking in step in step with the Holy Spirit and uh, be discerning be loving and you know be smart about situations which brings up a a story from some years ago I was leading this punk rock I was part part of a leadership team I think there were like four or five of us at the time who kind of started a punk rock youth group these kids were on the margins of Christianity who loved punk music who liked metal music listened to a lot of Christian and non-Christian metal music and punk music and stuff like that so these were fringe kids who uh some were questioning some were doubting some were experimenting some love Jesus you know and so we're loving on these kids but they brought this guy in who you know these are teenagers and I was a young adult probably 20 21 at the time and they got this 33 year old guy to start coming to this group and he says he was a former satanic priest and he's tried every religion a lot of them will try everything out you name it hinduism hari krishna whatever all kinds of different things because they're they're searching they're searching for truth but this guy was bringing a lot of doubt to the conversation we sat around on a bunch of couches and he starts asking questions and these kids are like yeah what about that yeah what about that Hey yeah yeah and so he changed the atmosphere through his questions you know he was kind of a commanding presence and I was like Jesus will you show me how much you love this guy and will you give me a word and then immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to me and showed this gentleman to me as a kid hiding in a closet as there's chaos and abuse going on inside the house and so I was like hey I forget his name but this is a true story there are witnesses there so if anybody questions maybe I'll reach out to my friends who were there and say again this was like almost 20 some years ago but I said hey Jesus loves you but then I I presented the word as I saw it hiding in a closet abuse and all this other stuff he's like whoa yeah, I, I, I hid in the closet all the time as my dad was an alcoholic, beating my mom, all that stuff. I said, well, Jesus loves you, and he wants you to encounter him. Can we pray for you? Can we lay hands on you? He's like, well, sure. You know." And he's, he's got – he's all sleeved out, tattoos everywhere, dude. This dude has been involved in all kinds of stuff. The group of us laid hands on him he felt the power of the Holy Spirit surge through him and he almost began to laugh as the joy of the Lord started filling him up you know we call that drunk in the spirit we call that the joy of the Lord you know we see evidence of this in the New Testament you know the day of Pentecost they were they looked as if they're drunk but they had the joy of the Lord in them so he was experiencing this and uh this shook him this encounter now we didn't lead him to Jesus he had the opportunity but he's like i'm not ready right now i need to process this so he stepped outside smoked a cigarette and was like just blown away and all these kids were coming back to me for the next week or two saying that really you know changed him he's a different guy now i don't know where he is today lost contact i think he eventually moved on to other people but you know people need god's love and they need to encounter god no matter who they are what they've been doing in life
2: that's cool have you talked to the guy since
1: no, as, as I'd mentioned, no. lost touch, and he'd he moved on, and then I graduated Bible college and moved on. So wherever he is today, I hope he has a relationship with Jesus. If he's listening to this by chance, you know, hey, brother, you know, God loves you, man. I hope you're pursuing him and pursuing him passionately.
2: Yeah. I have one quick question that I'll ask. So if someone says they don't understand the Bible when they read it, what would you say to them? Or is... Is it how—I'm just thinking of a certain story. I think it's in, like, Matthew. God is saying how some people, like, will not understand the Bible. Is that a thing? Or is it, like, if you don't believe in God, then you will not understand? Is there something like that?
1: Uh, I think there's—you're paraphrasing some things. But, like, you know, the Bible tells us that we need to pray for the veil to be lifted from people's eyes, right? Right so there could be a spiritual blindness and so our prayers can affect that and the veil could be lifted from their eyes so that they see the truth we need to continue to pray and encourage people and reach them with the gospel there are some tricky things about about God hardening people's hearts but at the same time it's because they've hardened themselves Uh, they've chosen their own way I think that God's love can penetrate and pierce through any hard heart Out there, you know, his love, his grace, his power, his mercy is available for everyone uh, as long as they respond to him, give their lives to him. When we look at scripture, we need to compare scripture with scripture. The best interpreter of scripture is the scripture itself. So when we see some hard passages like that, we need to compare it with other things as well, you know, uh, th- so that we kind of get the full picture. So if someone says, I don't understand the Bible, maybe we're there to encourage them and, and, and coach them in learning how to study it. I have a, a, a Bible study journal called the Spirit Empowered Journal that people can get on Amazon using the aid of the Holy Spirit, basic principles to ask when you're studying the Bible to get the background and the context of Scripture people uh, need to learn how to study it there's a huge lack of people in our day and age who don't know how to study it you know it's okay to read the bible but you also need to study it and get the tools necessary get educated in how to study it so when someone asks those questions like well what tools can i give you how can i how are they approaching the scripture we we try to read it just like a book but it's more than a book it's the it's the word of life it's the word of truth and people need to be discipled so i guess that's the second time i'm talking about discipleship people need to be discipled in how to study it and so when you're growing in christ you know sign up for a bible study class uh, I've got a free resource on my website. If it pops up, you know, it's it's the Spirit Empowered Ultimate Guide to Studying the Scripture with the Holy Spirit. That will help people. It gives you some of the right questions to ask when you're looking at the scripture, like who's it written to? When was it written? What is my testimony to, you know, maybe some something similar in my life I could relate to this this thing? What is the Holy Spirit telling me? Basically trying to use some hermeneutical Bible study methods to show people that that they can learn more about it. So really, maybe when someone tells you that in in your path, show them something, show them how you approach it, show them, help them sign up for a class or something along those lines in order to learn it. And again, that comes with discipleship. We need to feed ourselves. We can't just let the pastor every Sunday be the one that feeds us. You know, that's great. Be plugged into a church. Book of Hebrews says, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. You know, don't, don't run away from it. Don't leave it. Be a part of it in whatever type of expression that is, whether it's a home church or Sundays or Sunday nights or whatever. But get discipled. Plug into the other programs that they might have or get involved in a youth with a mission discipleship training school, a Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Get plugged in a, into a the leadership schools, uh, Bible leadership. I forget they used to be called master's commissions. I forget what they're called now, but plug into a program even for six months to nine months, or if you can't do that, depending on you got work, you got school, you got some other things. There's some great online courses out there that can help. Yeah. Maybe we could just encourage people to, you know, find those resources as well.
2: That's great. Okay. Did you want to keep going 30 minutes?
1: Let's do a, a life question in life. What is a life question that some people in your generation might be needing some direction
2: in life? Maybe where should we like draw the line between like family or putting your work because we kind of like prioritize like our work. Like where should we like stop and like take the time to hang out with family and friends because I don't know, I feel like a lot of people just, they want to accomplish something and it takes a lot of time if you want to accomplish something. But like, how do we know that like, that that stuff doesn't really matter, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, the movie Click, (laughs) that shows you pursuing career and forsaking your family isn't worth it. What that movie misses is God in the Equation. No matter what we pursue, if we're pursuing our career and we're forsaking relationships and friendships with friends and family, friends and family are key. You know, number one is our relationship with God. Number two, it's it's family, right? And then there's our career, our, our finances, if that's what you want to call it. You know, we have to have our priorities straight. God is number one. Our spouse, our kids, our family, that's number two. You know, everything else falls into place. We should never put our career above God. We never should never put our career above our family uh, because you don't want to be like that song you know cats in the cradle that song is a classic song one father's day i was in new york city at a bounding grace church the summer of 1999 with a ywam mission trip in new york city and the pastor rick del rio played that song cats in the cradle that song is about a man who didn't have time for his kid for his son because of his career because of his job and then when the man retires Or is older and has a little more time he approaches his son to take him fishing or whatever spend time with him and the son says sorry dad I'm too busy I'm just like you now that stinks we don't want to be those types of dads those types of kids you know we need to take time for family God God above all and then our family is second and everything else falls into place so pursuing those things you won't be happy You know, you could pursue the large house on the hill, 3,000 square foot, million dollars, cars and all that things, but it won't satisfy. And we've seen so many people over throughout life and in the headlines, you know, their lives are destroyed as they pursued the wrong thing. So my encouragement to people is pursue Jesus, spend time with your family, take care of your kids, love them, love them well. Again, you got to work, you got to pay the bills, you do what you got to do, you sacrifice for your family you know but you also need to spend time because at the end of the day they'll remember the time that you spent with them whether or they'll remember that you were never there and we don't want to be that guy so I hope that encourages everybody Levi why don't you um lead us in a prayer as we close this out lead people if they're listening to this maybe they need to give their life to Jesus or recommit to Christ if you could lead them to encounter him
2: All right. Dear Lord, thank you for this conversation that me and Jared had today. I pray that anyone that is listening, if they have not experienced uh, you in their life, that you invite them to experience you and to have that feeling that Jared and I have had. And then that will make it so they will want to share it just like we share it. And if anyone is listening, um, God is right there for you. You just need to call out for him, and I pray that you guys do, do that. That you do that. So, hope that, yeah, you guys do it. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. I right, leave. I was the best way for people to get a hold of you for more information.
2: Ah, uh, you can find me at In God We Trust Podcasts on any platform and on Instagram or Twitter. And yeah, feel free to ask any questions
1: awesome that's in God we trust podcast available on all podcast platforms subscribe to it and also check out and subscribe and follow Adventures in the Spirit Jared Lasky podcast available on all podcast platforms and today we just crossed over 250,000 downloads I don't know the numbers about listens but 250,000 downloads to the glory of Jesus so subscribe and follow both Adventures in the Spirit Jared Lasky and in God we trust podcast Levi As always, it was an honor and a pleasure, brother.
2: Yep, it was fun. Thank you.